a little prayer first. Um, it's been for real, like record-breaking sales day. Thank you, my love. A smoothie for mama. It's been record-breaking sales days. We've done, we added $10,000 to our monthly income, passive only. So usually like if I'm launching a workshop or whatever, doing any little event, it'll generate between like seven and 10 grand every month. So that's something else. But if I were to do anything, if I were to not do a single thing, if we if we went to Puerto Rico for two months and all I did was just show up for my scheduled calls, not planning anything new, nothing, we'd make $17,500 every single month. And like, I was talking to Serena this morning and she's like, that's so amazing because she was there right in 2016 when I started it. And she said to me this morning, like, I just wish that I had something like that. She's like, it's exactly like the Bruja Report is me being myself, doing the things that I love. Like every single event on Bruja Report is something that I want to do. And I said, you know, if I want to do it, I think other people want to do it too. And that's always been the thing with Bruja Report. So I'm going to tell you exactly how I started Bruja so that you can start yours now. And if it took me, like I want, there's nothing that makes me happier than see people be able to do what took me years in a shorter amount of time. Like for me, that's the fucking ultimate. This is like, seriously, like the, the tools and the secrets that I'm giving you is like, this is the money that you hide in the laundry room that you don't like tell anybody about if you don't want to. If you have two minutes in the bathroom to like write a post on Instagram or send out a newsletter, like you can start generating passive income just through the affiliate program. Like that's just, that's so fucking cool. Like, look, I had to get used to paying two to three grand every month in affiliates. Like, oh my God, I'm literally giving you like half of my income for this. But that's, but when I get to see like, damn, like these chicks are going to be making money every single month on this, doing something that they love, um, a rising tide lifts all boats. So Bruja Report started because I, I learn things when I teach them. Who here, like when they're typing out the question, they give themselves the answer. And you're like, I have a meme, I have a meme about that on the Bruja Report. Yeah, it's the fucking best where you're like, damn, that happens to, that's what the life of a teacher is. When you speak something, an idea when shared gets stronger. But by law with the fourth way, which is what I teach, you can't get to the next level unless you put people at the level you're at. Like you only get to go to the next step if you put someone up on the step that you're currently standing on. Now, I started my business when my fiance died. I started it on accident. The plan was to go to Asia, backpack for two months, sort out all of my trauma and grief, and then go bartend part-time in Los Angeles and maybe start a coaching business. That was the plan. I just unfortunately bought Spirit Junkie Masterclass before getting on the plane. And I was like, I'm just going to do this one course. Simple. It was the first year it was available. I'm like, I'm just going to do this one course. So I'm not just like, you know, wandering like fucking Australians, you know, like I want to, I want to know that this is getting me somewhere. And so many people called me crazy because I started that business six grand in debt. I had taken out a $6,000 loan to do first, last and security for our new apartment and my fiance died 28 days into it. And so, and I just couldn't go back. Couldn't go back to bartending. Couldn't go back to the apartment. Like, come on. You can't go sleep in a bed that like your fiance was dead. It's just too weird. And you can't go back to like making vodka sodas after your fiance just died. So I had, there was a GoFundMe that was started for me. I owed six grand. 
It made me five grand. And I had the choice. I was like, I can either pay off all of this debt or I can and go back to work on Monday. Or I can take this $5,000 and have cash to travel and I'll just say, you know, like, fuck it on my credit cards. So I started six grand in debt. Very not good time to start a business. In debt, emotionally in debt, homeless, jobless, like very fucking serious conditions. Um, the thing was, so like, you know, all of that continued and I put, put about 40 grand on my credit cards. That's including a student loan. So it was like 40 grand total debt that I went into to be able to start this business. So many people were like, you are crazy. <laughs> like you are crazy. Like, yeah, you know, some of us actually have to deal with life, et cetera, et cetera. But I just couldn't, I had been waiting for my like eat, pray, love check for so long. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to eat, pray, love. All I got to do is like start a business, you know, become a writer like she did, you know, and then I'm going to need 20 grand to travel. Dude, I saved up that 20 grand. And my boyfriend spent it one way or another. Either bills came up. You have one boyfriend that needed to get echocardiograms all the time. Another boyfriend that's like addicted to heroin. So I'd save up this perfect amount of money and then it just (laughs) disappeared. Um, But the Brewer, I I started the Brewer Report because I was like, I love smoking weed and just talking to people about spirituality. Like I love doing that because I learn so much when I do. Like I learned so much when I do. And because I started my business backpacking, you can't go to AA meetings or fourth way meetings when you're backpacking. You can't do retreats when you're backpacking. Like the way that my business started was all like it was out of necessity, but I could only do things digitally. Now it turns out that like I have no desire to like stand and hug, you know, with a line of people to hug. Like I'm just not that type of person. If we could just like hang out all the time like this instead of having one live event where we all like hug each other afterwards. And I, you know, there was, I was begging, you know, spirit, please send me clients. Never had that. Um, I've had probably like 25 clients in my whole career as a coach. I really don't like taking one-on-one clients that much. Like, cause I have to listen to people, you know, I'm like, I do a lot better talking. There's been all kinds of little realizations, me accepting myself, accepting that I'm a talker, accepting that I like to smoke weed, accepting that I don't really like having one-on-one clients. Like all of this began because I, I was being cool about what I wanted, no matter how crazy it sounded. So this is like the first little piece I want you to take. And then we're going to meet some people when, I, when I'm done with this story. Um, we're going to meet some of the new members on here and I'm really excited about that. But it was always me. Like, I want you to be cool with what you want, no matter how crazy it seems. Cool with what I want, no matter how crazy it seems. So when you're giving yourself permission now with a new moon, the ending of one cycle, there's a perfect time to plant seeds because this is like, it's the dark. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So no matter how crazy the dream for your life looks like, listen, people told me it was crazy to be like, I want to make a shit ton of money and not work for it. I want to make a shit ton of money and not work for it. Now who here thinks that that sounds like, yeah, okay, cool. Don't we all? Wouldn't that be nice, but sorry, like you gotta work, gotta go to work. Like right now I'm making fucking shit tons of money and not working for it. So it's possible, but whatever it is, when you're like, this is what I want my life to look like, dream big and don't, just accept it. Trying to convince yourself you don't want something that you want is just completely destroying your second chakra and make a pleasureless life. Um, 
So Brewer Report, I was like, this is something that I want to do. I don't know how it's going to work. I tried to do it first in 2015. It's like, because I had mainly a newsletter list. I was like, okay, let me get my, I wanted to know how many people on my list were actually going to pay me. That makes sense, right? If you've got 5,000 followers and you're like, cool, if I have 5,000 followers, 1,000 of them should buy my product, right? This is called conversions. That'd be nice if you knew that that's how it was, but who here had a certain amount of followers? They assumed that X amount of people would buy it. You made a product, you released it, and like two sold. Some people have done this with their books. It takes like fucking three years to write a book. And they didn't, you know, like you didn't find out how many people in your audience were actually buying it, were actually down to pay you. So that was also something that I really wanted to know. I just want to know how many people are here for the yoga selfies and how many people like see me as a teacher. I want to know how many of these people are like my friends and family that are just on the lurk on my Instagram and how many of these people see me as a teacher. Now, how do you know that somebody sees you as a teacher? They pay you. They pay you. That's a number. That's the best way, easiest way to be like, I value what you have to offer. Your insight is important to me. What your family says about you isn't true. And I want to pay you. Like that's the great. So I wanted to know how many people were paying me. So I started, it started with a, a like trying to make a email list that didn't really work out whatsoever. Then in 2016, I was like, I just want to have like a club for like all women. And that was getting probably about, I was doing like 10 projects at that time without really understanding how my creative process was and taking a lot of LSD. So it just, it just didn't work. But on a bus that same day, one year later, on a bus coming from going from San Antonio to Austin, I had the idea for the, I named the Bruja Report, logo, this tattoo that's on my neck. Instagram, and that's what I'm going to do. So I, I built it on the bus and launched it like, so when it was the right time, that shit came together in like an hour. And what the Brew Hope Report was initially, like I just wanted to see how many people would pay me sight unseen. I wanted a place to put naughty stuff. I wanted a place to smoke weed. And I wanted a place where I could, this was, you know, in 2017. So I was like, the, I, I'm sick of this PC shit. Like I want a place where I can go and be myself. And it started with me just putting all the fucking memes and the naughty stuff I wasn't allowed to say and going live all the time. And that was it. There was nothing scheduled. There was no curriculum. There was no archives. There was no special discount for anything. It was 11.11 to join an Instagram that you had seen. Michaela Jimenez is somewhere on here. She was the first person to sign up for Bruja Report. Um, two years later, when it started having regularly scheduled a Q&A, I told Bruja Report, look, I'm showing up for this like a job, so y'all have to pay me like a job. And so it went to 1111 monthly. And what we did is we had a Q&A and that was it. In addition to the Instagram, there was Q&A. Uh, Michaela was the first person to sign up when it was the more expensive, when it went from 1111 a month, uh, 1111 permanent to 1111 monthly. After that, we started scheduling more calls. It went up to $44 a month and included my workshop, How to Start a Business from Scratch and Spirituality 101. Now, those are two out of 15 workshops that I have. And most of the people that have been on Bruja Report paid for each and every workshop as it was made, between three to $500 to collect each workshop. So a lot more than people paying $99 a month now are. Um, now it's $99 a month. There's two events every week at the very least. This week we have events every day, except for uh, Wednesday. 
but I'm very excited because these are all uh, these are all places that I really want to be. So very like a lot going on this week. Um, so that's like how it evolved, but it always started because it was something that I wanted to do. And many, many times, and this is a question I tell people, you know, in Breaking Brook, I'm like, you have to ask yourself, what would I do if money wasn't an issue? Like, what would I do today if money was an issue, wasn't an issue? What would I create if money wasn't an issue? Like, you have to get yourself out of this, like, what am I allowed to do financial mentality? Because your million dollars ideas exist outside of that. What can I do right now financially? So every time I was like, man, like if I could, it seemed like too much to wish for. It seemed like too much to wish for. Who here is feeling like what they're desiring is too much to wish for? Like you couldn't possibly, yeah, that's, that's the second chakra. That's pleasure. You know, a lot of times when we move from like scarcity, I can't get enough, which is completely defective second chakra. One in three women will have this because one in three women are sexually abused. Okay. Um, when you move from scarcity, when you get over those sex center issues just a little bit and you move to stability where you're like, wow, I'm actually doing, raise your hand if this sounds like you, I'm doing better than I ever have been in my life. You know, things are good. Things are stable. I can rely like, you know, I'm not really worried about bills or whatever. Things are good. Maybe I'm in my first dream house. Maybe I got my soulmate or whatever, but like things are good. Things have stabilized. So that's level, that's step two out of three with the Svadhisthana, with the sex center. But that you're by no means, like that's not life. Stabilizing after chaos feels really good because chaos feels so bad. And it's amazing how many of us are like addicted to chaos. Uh, a good way, if you ever have a friend who like, when she gets money, they're always complaining about not having money and then she gets like two grand or a stimulus or check or something that's like, and I gave it straight to my mom. And you're like, all right, that's being in love with chaos when you're constantly kind of sabotaging yourself and putting other people's needs in front of yours. And that's, we talk about that in Cracking Codependency. You can access that in your, um, it's on Bruja Report. Uh, but codependency, it like keeps you in a state of chaos because you're always putting other people's needs in front of your own because fundamentally you just think you're so unimportant and so worthless that like nobody, you know, it's disguised as you thinking like, oh, I don't have any problems. But actually what's going on is you're like, I'm so fucked up that like no one can even help me. So why even try? Let's just focus on you and not look that. So when you stabilize after that, like things start to feel really good. But the other side of this is pleasure. And pleasure has always been like women's core power. And you can't give people pleasure. When you when when somebody is pleased around you, when somebody gets excited, when you pleasure someone in every sense of the word, when you're their kink, whether this is in a business sense or in a relationship or whatever, you don't have to leash your dog. They, they're there because they want to be there. Things in your life come to you. Things in your life come to you and stay with you. The complete opposite of chaos. Things, I have to run after things. And when I get them, I have to grip them ferociously with everything I have or they'll be taken away. This is just the second chocolate. There's just one episode of Wheels You Invented. But that's just like, it's, it's, and because one in three women are sexually abused, like we really fucking deal with this. So um, when, you stay, when you stabilize after that, but then you move into pleasure, things come to me and they stay with me because they like me. So like moving into a pleasure mentality around like your next house, things that you don't need. 
So scarcity, I can't get what I need. Stability, I get what I need. Pleasure, I get what I want. Not enough, enough, more than enough. But a lot of us, just because it feels so good to stabilize after chaos, a lot of us never start reaching or being drawn to like a pleasure-filled life. And this is my goal for everyone is like, so you have to, any million dollar idea, you gotta start with like, what is it that I love? Because you don't wanna build a job that involves you showing up. If you get to build one, let's just start with one. If you get to build one dream job, you wanna make sure it's your dream job. And sometimes, you know, like when you first start, you're like, man, my dream job would be to to be a coach with 15 clients. And then you realize that you don't really like working 30 hours a week listening to other people's problems. You're like, yeah, yeah, shut up. You know, like after, when you've taken on too many clients, you know, and somebody's like, I just, you know, I don't know what's like I'm feeling, you know, I just still keep thinking about this guy we've talked about every single session, you know, and they're like eating and you're like, I'm so fucking sick of these calls. Um, by acknowledging like what it is you want, like, this is what I want. This is what I would love to be able to do. This is something I've always loved to do. If I could just talk, if I could just fucking like talk and smoke weed and be naughty and watch magic Mike XXL with a bunch of women, women and get paid and get paid to do it. Like that would be my dream. So I want you all and do this as your new moon intention today. Like, what do you genuinely love to do? Like, what have you always loved to do? Write them all down. Like write them all down. Every single one. I don't have a cooking show yet. I mean, I have some YouTubes and stuff on it, but I've always loved to cook. Just right now. I don't really feel like it. (laughs) Um, I've always loved to talk. I've always loved to like, who here has ever, I, I, I seriously never saw this growing up, but a group of women laughing together, like a group of women laughing and just like, oh, I can't breathe, like I'm dying, like this is so fucking funny. Like that, I, I didn't grow up, my mom was never like that. My mom was very much like, it's me versus all other women, do not trust women. They are the enemy. They will steal your husband. They will lie to you. This person's holding a dirty secret. This person's holding a dirty secret. That woman got fat. Like, you know, there. my mom didn't have that sisterhood whatsoever. And when I left the cult that I grew up in and tried to like, you know, like I've always been a witch. So I would always be a bit of an outlier, always like say things where people are like, that's really dark. You know, you make a joke and people are like, that's like really scary that you think that way or like, why are we talking about death right now? Like, why are we talking about sex right now? Um, I, I, I was always like that awkward person in circles. And then it grew to a stage where if I heard a bunch of girls laughing and let me know if this resonates with you, if I heard a group of girls laughing, a lot of times I felt like they were laughing at me because <laughs> that had been, you know, oh, isn't that the worst feeling? Isn't that the fucking worst feeling? Don't you just want to die when you hear it? Like, oh, it's so like, I'm like welling up thinking about it, you know? And I was like, I, I want to be able to laugh with my girlfriends. Like, I want to be able to laugh with my girlfriends. And honestly, like, I had never really had like good girlfriends. My best friend was a gay guy and his brother died and our relationship didn't survive the death. His, his brother was my, was my fiance. Um, but it was like having a girlfriend, you know? So, and I was like, I just want to, losing that friendship. Who here has lost a friendship that they know, like, look, it had to end. 
it had to end, but like, I fucking miss you so much. Like, I miss you so much. I lost my fiance, my best friend, and then my best girlfriend. They all, one, two died, and I'm dead to the other person. So that was like, ooh. And I just, you know, I'm traveling the world alone, learning so many things about myself, and I had no one to share it with. So that's why I started the Brewer Report. So the things that you love and the things that you want to see more of in the world. And if this is like kind of a topic you want to delve into more, because you're like, you know what? I want to get to $17,500 passively a month within two years. If it took me four years, I know it can take you two years. I would say it'll take you a year, but like so much of this has been trial and error. I don't know like if you work as hard as I do, but I promise that like all the resources are here and just ask me if you need help with it. Um, But the Empress Academy we just did, we're doing another one on Thursday, but the one we just did about vision, mission, and purpose, this will really help you like find some more pieces around here. And as you start like designing what it is that you want to do, you have to think about like, what do I already have? So what I already had at the beginning stages of the Brewer Report was like, I can write 15 Instagram posts a day. Like I can write 15 Instagram posts a day. This was before stories, but I was like, if I flood my main Instagram with like all of these there, people are just going to get confused because I'm talking about manifesting and stuff on my main account, AKA spirituality 101. And I'm talking about surrender and Tantra mesoteric teachings level two on this other account. And if I tell people them both at the same time and they don't pay for these teachings, like they're not going to use them. And if I tell people both at the same time, like their brain can't comprehend paradox yet. So they have to like learn the manifesting and the light working and the everything first, get to a point where they're like, is this it? And then I can open the door for them. But what I knew I had a lot of plenty to spare was time to be on the time to do a live and also Instagram posts. So the first thing I sold was Instagram posts and I'll go live when I can. So I want you to really think about like, what are things that you're doing anyways? Like, for example, maybe you, uh, like what, what are you starting to collect in your business? Maybe you've written 1500 newsletters so far and they're all really, really good. And people really like your newsletters, but you're not getting paid for them. Or maybe you're really good at doing Instagram, or maybe you have a lot of footage, or maybe like you're doing something for your day job right now. Um, Like Stephanie got the job as my assistant because she was working for another coach. And I said, I wanted to do an event in New York. And she said, oh, you know, I just put together this whole uh, list of venues in New York. And I had an assistant at the time. She's like, I just did this for the coach that I'm working with. Let me just send it your way. So she took, and when I saw, holy shit, this is the experience your boss gets to have. I'm like, my assistant, like, can't come to work when she's on her period. Like, I, (laughs) this is the experience that I've got to have. So sometimes it's like, what am I already doing? So just take a look and look, you don't have to find these things overnight. It's all about, you know, evaluating. What is it that I have a lot of? Where do I have energy to spare? What do I love to do? Where do I love to do it? And just because you're, you need to find the right fuel. And so we have one of the Empress Academy episodes. I can't really remember who I was talking to about it. I can't remember who the case study was, but it was all about that, all about finding the exact right fuel for your passive income vehicle to run on. Um, But that, you know, this has been, 
This has been, let me see, three years in the works. I've always been, the Brewer Report has always existed to show you the back end, like the business side of things, because I, didn't, I, I don't have these results just from like manifesting. That's 50% of it. But the other 50% of it is like me doing business. And a lot of what you don't see, even with teachers that are really like, are, are business teachers. Nobody's just showing you the fucking straight up back end. Here's how these photos are getting taken. Here's how this launch is happening. Here's how this works. Here's what I'm building. Here's how long it takes me to build an affiliate program. Here's some of the issues that I've come up against. Here's what I'm going through with an accountant. Here's what's going on with Podia. And just trying to give women as many of these resources as possible because it took me a long time because nobody showed it. Um, what what the only thing I think you guys might not see on the Brew Hub report is this line of questioning that I always keep myself in. And it's like, how, like, what is my customer experiencing? What's it like to be on the Brew Hub report? You know how many, I have probably 15 different aliases that I've entered into my own system to go through it as a customer. I'm always thinking about like, what do you like? And because I can't go and be like, hey, Tiffany, like, what do you like? Even here, you know, it just takes people, you know, like I, it's, so what I do is I just mind, this is living from a place of pleasure. I always ask myself, like, what do I like? You know what I like? I like free clothes. And tell me in the chat or the comments and stuff, tell me here, like what, I love free clothes. I love getting my selfies fucking worshiped. I love it. I love hype beast stuff in general. I love uh, people understanding what it is that I do because my husband has no idea what I do. Like, and it's so sweet. Yeah, every time I hear him on the phone trying to like explain it to somebody, there's always like a new definition, but he like, he doesn't really, he doesn't know what like a mastermind is. He doesn't know what like a launch is. That's not his language, but I love to be in places where that's appreciated because like what I do is super fucking cool. But my husband, I, I think he thinks I go like stand on the roof and like wave a magic wand in the air and like a tidal wave of 20 grand comes rolling in. And, uh, you know, that's cool. But I like, I like being appreciated. Who here likes being appreciated? And what, like, what is appreciation? The easiest way to find what appreciation is, is to think about what people say when they don't feel appreciated. And it's usually something to the effect of nobody sees all, all the little things that I do. Who here resonates with this? All these little things, all these little things that I do. How do you think the fridge gets clean, my G? Yeah, our family has perfect health, perfect immunity. Yeah, who's feeding you? Uh-huh. Who makes the bed? Who gets the blankets? Who decorates the house? Who makes it a home? All these little tiny things. Who fucking puts up the Christmas decorations? Dude, that shit is hard. And like, I don't really care about Christmas, but I really want my kid to enjoy the winter. So like, to make a house for people that live in extreme winters, to make a house really like warm and cozy and exciting and twinkly for kids when they can't leave the house like all winter long, that shit takes work. And what I didn't know, like what I did not know is that like you have to appreciate yourself. You have to appreciate yourself, but women appreciate a lot easier than guys. Women notice little things like that. Women notice when you trimmed your hair, when you updated your profile picture, when you got a new sweater, like women notice that because that's what women do, but men aren't really like that. You know, it's like, do you notice anything different about me? And it's like, 
<laughs> women, women pick up on stuff like that. And, and what I didn't know until I started, you know, really researching, like, how did women used to do things? How did women used to birth babies? How do women used to deal with, you know, like measles and stuff like that? How did women deal with their fucking husbands when the patriarchy was like fucking way crazier, you know, when there was no such thing as marital rape? Like, how did women ever deal with this stuff before? And, and what women used to have before was community. Like serious community, like I mean lots of women that you can meet up with under the moon and hear like from a legion of women, you're not crazy, That's, that would drive me crazy too, you can do it, I've done stuff like this before, here's, you know, here's advice on sex, here's advice on money, here's a place where you can just share your heart, like women always had that. Until something happened that turned almost all of our moms into, she's fat, she sleeps with other people's husbands, don't trust them, it's you and me, kid, against the world, don't let anybody in, play the game with the guy, be a nice girl, and this just very like, I am one woman, and it's just me, and there's nobody that can help me, and nobody that appreciates me. So... That was the joy. There was things that I wanted. So anytime you're trying to figure out, and this is creating desire in a customer, this is that module of Empress Academy. These are really good. Like once you get to know like the sound of my voice and the, the cadence at which things move, like I don't expect you guys to be like sitting down with your journal every time it's time to do a class. Listen to it while you're cooking. Like there's resources for everything, but the creating desire in a customer module of Empress Academy really talks about this. When you want to know what your customers like, know what you like. And then the last little piece of advice for as you're building this, you know, what your $17,500 of passive income a month is going to be. This is my husband watching me this whole time, by the way, with the grocery list. Um, <laughs> I'll be right there. Patrick, I'm, I'm almost done with this particular set of this video um but the last and this and it's totally fine but know how much money you want to make from it so like I knew at the beginning of Bruja Report that like if I if money was not an issue I would love to make a million dollars a year off of the Bruja Report now that seemed a super long ways away. It wasn't like I was telling myself every morning when I'm making 11-11, you know, 11-11 once from my customers. Um, it wasn't like I was telling myself every day, like I have a million dollars from the Bruja Report. Like, no, it's taken a lot of tweaking, a lot of asking questions, a lot of me being like, what do I want? Knowing that other people want what I want, but having like a goal having a goal and being like, if I could do things my way. And some of my heroes were like Joe Rogan. I'm like, I love that this guy gets paid what he does to just to do things on his terms, whatever he wants. Three hour podcast, no fucking problem. Magic Mike XXL, no problem. Fucking do whatever you want. That's, that was like my goals, but have like, if you have the, the vision like, this is what I want to see. This is what I love. And you have that intention of like, I know that if I love it one day, it'll make me money. I'm just not going to give up. I wrote on Brew Her Report recently, like the bottom line is this. If you believe in your product, it will work. Like it will work eventually. Now it will probably fail many, many times. And when you, that failure happens, when you don't get the numbers you wanted or you can't figure it out, don't get mad, get everything. It's a case study. Why did people say no this time? Cool. How can I turn these no's into yes? 
How would this be like an irresistible offer? What do I love? What would I like to see? Everything from like the freebie that you give away because I love gift cards. I stopped giving away a free workshop and I started giving people a gift card that said, go pick one. It's the same thing, just like a little difference in neurolinguistic programming. And I didn't find that from reading a business book. I found that by asking myself, like, what do I like? And I'm doing a money boot camp right now, which is something that I meant to do for a long time. I just, it's a, a workshop on money blocks that cost two grand. So you have to be like a certain type of person to be like, I recognize that I have money blocks, but I also have $2,000 to address it without like freaking out. Um, and doing, you know, the, some of these different courses where I'm learning the foundations, I'm like, damn, I did all of these crucial business steps, whether it's like Sarah Blakely's masterclass, Howard Schultz's masterclass or money bootcamp. Like I've done all of these crucial steps coincidentally because I was just doing what I wanted. I was like, when I had been like, what do I want? If money wasn't an issue, what would I like to see grow? Where am I really having fun? What am I not interested in right now? By just always connecting with that desire, I, my feet were placed in the right business steps. So you can do it. You can absolutely, absolutely do it. All right, I'm going to end this IGTV. And I would love it.